98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The government unveils plans to revoke approval for films that go against national security interests. The chief executive questions the point of having a political party if it won't take part in elections. And the government urges the private sector to follow its lead and require staff to get vaccinated against COVID-19. The authorities would have the power to revoke approval already granted to movies for national security purposes. That's part of national of tougher legislation on film censorship unveiled by the government, which would empower the chief secretary to direct the film censorship authority to revoke certificate of approval or exemption previously issued for films if they go against national security interests. The Commerce Secretary is Edward Yao. We need this provision to cater for circumstances where a film which was graded or approved before, but given the new sort of law enacted and the new guideline issued, there might be chances that we need to reconsider such cases. We need such legal power to cater for such circumstances. The proposed legislation would also strip the Board of Review for Film Censorship of its power to consider appeals regarding movies deemed to endanger national security. Christoph van den Troost is an assistant professor at the Chinese University Centre for China Studies and a researcher on East Asian films. He says under the proposals, the fate of those films would be sealed. There is no possibility for appeal uh, anymore uh, under, these new, uh, under the new law, or under the proposed new law. Um, at least where it comes to uh, national security uh, in films. Um, even the, the Board of Review that would receive the appeals um, is being uh, changed, uh, it seems, uh, somewhat uh, to have less uh, representation from um, members uh, from the public. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the value of political parties should be called into question if they have no plans to take part in elections. She was responding to an opinion piece by a DAB member who warned the Democratic Party against boycotting revamped LegCo elections in December. According to my understanding, the existing value for a political party or group is to discuss, debate and participate in politics. If a party that has a lot of members does not discuss, debate and participate in politics, then we should question the value of its existence. Democratic Party Chairman Lokin Hay stressed that his party will decide next month whether to, to join upcoming elections. Of course, they're reminding us something. They're trying to tell us something, which is true. But I don't see this as a warning. And I still believe that the Democratic Party and our members will decide how we are going to move forward in the future. Whether or not we will join the election, I think this is something our party members should have the rights to decide on ourselves. The chief executive has urged the private sector to follow the government's lead and require staff to get vaccinated against COVID. Carrie Lam says although 58% of the population has received at least one dose of a vaccine, the number of people booking jabs has fallen and fewer than 30,000 currently receive a shot each day. She says the private sector should do its part to help boost the city's inoculation rate. There is a common objective between the business world and the Hong Kong SAL government to um, increase the vaccination rate. Uh, so, but if they want a very strong and clear message from the government, I'm now giving that very strong signal and message that they should move into the situation of requiring their employees to be vaccinated 
if if they could not all refuse to vaccinate, then at least they should be required to produce on a very regular basis uh, negative COVID-19 tests in order to uh, enable them to continue to, to work. Overseas, the UN Human Rights Chief has called on member states to create a dedicated body to monitor Afghanistan and warn the Taliban that rights for women and girls are a red line. Speaking in Geneva at an emergency meeting of the Human Rights Council, Michelle Bachelet said there were harrowing and credible reports of violations in areas under Taliban control. They include, among others, summary executions of civilians and all the combat members of the Afghan National Security Forces. Restrictions on the right of women, including the right to move around freely and girls' right to attend school. Recruitment of child soldiers and repression of peaceful protests and expression of dissent. Many people now fear reprisals by the Taliban against those working with the government or the international community. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Back locally and the chief executive, Carrie Lam, says Hong Kong cannot allow thousands of foreign domestic workers to arrive in the city each week and their numbers will have to be controlled. Officials are expected to give more details this week on a plan to start allowing helpers to once again travel to the SAR to work. Timmy Sung reports. A ban on flights from Indonesia and the Philippines due to the pandemic has led to a shortage of foreign domestic helpers in the territory. But the SCR government is working on a plan to allow helpers from the two countries to come here once arrangements are in place on how to verify vaccination records. Speaking to the media before this week's executive council meeting, Carrie Lam said the arrival of new migrant workers must be carried out in an orderly manner and employers will have to be patient. The number of uh, foreign domestic helpers who could come back to Hong Kong through this special arrangement uh, have to be rationed. Uh, have to be controlled. We could not allow uh, thousands of uh, foreign domestic helpers to come in uh, every week. Otherwise, uh, the chance of uh, having more confirmed cases either discovered at the airport or during the quarantine period will overload the Hong Kong public hospital system. The government has already identified one hotel where helpers will spend 21 days in quarantine. This is understood to be the Silke Hotel in Chunwan. Meanwhile, health officials have reported seven new COVID-19 infections, all of which were imported. Wang Yinting reports. Five of the new cases arrived from Pakistan on a flight operated by Emirates, and among them, four were fully vaccinated with the BioNTech jabs. In light of the five cases, health authorities have suspended Emirates flights from Dubai and Bangkok until September 6. The latest cases also involved a 56-year-old woman arriving from Turkey, who had received both doses of the Sinovac vaccines. She showed no symptoms and was tested positive during her quarantine period at the Regal Airport Hotel. The seventh case is a nine-year-old boy who flew in from Lithuania. His infection was confirmed while he was being quarantined at the Nina Hotel Island South in Wangchokhang. Health authorities urged the public not to travel unless it is necessary, noting many recent imported cases have joined non-essential travel after vaccination. A conservationist says the government could have done a better job of revitalising the historic central market to preserve more of its unique structures and make it more down-to-earth. Maggie Ho reports. 
Katie Law, convener of the Central and Western Concern Group, said she visited the Grade 3 historic building when it reopened on Monday after a $500 million makeover and found that it was a bit too different from its original state. Ms. Law noted metal railings were installed at the iconic Grand Stairs to meet safety requirements, but said it had undermined the uniqueness of the structure. For special structures in historic buildings, like the Grand Stairs, the government should consider exemptions in law, because it's a bit of a pity to use some metal railings to obstruct such a special staircase. She also told an RTHK program that there had been about 200 stalls inside the market and only about a dozen were kept, even though she had hoped to see more of them being preserved. The conservationist said the ground floor now looks like a high-end lounge where people sit and drink wine, and she hoped more shops selling cheaper local food could do business there. Her views were echoed by a caller to the program who gave her surname as Chiang. The caller said she visited the four-story building with her husband, expecting to see fresh fish, meat and vegetable stalls. But the ground floor looked like a bar and there were jewelry shops upstairs, just like in a shopping mall, she said. I can't feel any sense of nostalgia. It's called a wet market, but there was nothing, she said. Another caller, surnamed Zheng, said when he saw the exterior of the building, he remembered how he went to the market to buy snacks when he was a child, but he was disappointed when he saw what's inside now. I don't understand what they are preserving or revitalizing. They took apart everything inside and only kept the shell, he said. The Bauhaus-style building was first opened to the public in 1939 and was closed down in 2003. Former chief executive Donald Zhang proposed the plan to revitalize it in 2009, and a task was carried out by the Urban Renewal Authority. A mainland official overseeing Hong Kong affairs has reassured the business sector that Beijing will not change the one country, two systems policy and the legal rights of investors in the SAR will continue to be protected. Francis Sit reports. At a summit, the deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Huang Liuquan, acknowledged that companies have some concerns about the city's business environment, saying this is because there are complicated external issues relating to the SAR's development. But he said Hong Kong will only provide a bigger stage for development in future. Mr. Huang said although one country, two systems has run into problems and challenges over the years, it's the best policy for ensuring Hong Kong's long-term prosperity and stability. To plug loopholes, he said, the central government introduced the national security law and electoral reform. As everyone can see, since the implementation of these two measures, Hong Kong's rule of law has been shown, social order has been restored, and development has returned to the right track. Citizens' rights and freedoms are also better protected. The central government's support for Hong Kong to maintain its status as a free port and a separate custom territory, our support for Hong Kong to strengthen and increase its competitive advantages, and policies to protect the legal rights of investors in Hong Kong, all this will not change. Mr. Huang said Hong Kong will continue to play an irreplaceable role in China's open-door policy. He urged the business sector to remain confident, grasp opportunities and integrate into the country's development. 
Beijing has accused the United States of bullying hegemonic behavior, hitting back at comments by U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris about China's influence in the South China Sea. Wendy Wong has details. Speaking in Singapore, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris accused Beijing of continuing to coerce and intimidate in the South China Sea. She said Beijing's actions undermine the rules-based order and threaten the sovereignty of nations, as she reiterated her country's support for allies and partners in the region. The stop in Singapore is part of a larger Asian tour, with U.S. officials seeking to reaffirm Washington's commitment to his regional allies and shore up his credibility after a chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Responding to Ms. Harris' comments, Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin referenced the pullout as an example of Washington's selfish foreign policy. In order to defend America first, the U.S. can arbitrarily smear, suppress, coerce and bully other countries without paying any price. This is the order the U.S. wants. But who will believe them now, he said. Mainland ride-hailing conglomerate Didi has reportedly postponed its plans to launch in the U.K. and Europe for at least a year. The firm is said to be trying to reassign new roles or make potential redundancies. Bloomberg, citing sources, says the suspension was due to government concerns over how the company uses passenger data. Didi has been at the forefront of increased scrutiny by Beijing of the tech sector, with regulators conducting a cybersecurity probe into the company. Regulators ordered the removal of DD from app stores last month, just days following its mega IPO in the US. And Ukraine has marked 30 years since it declared independence from the Soviet Union with a military parade through the centre of Kiev. Tens of thousands of Ukrainians lined the streets to hear President Vladimir Zelensky say that territories currently occupied by Russia or Russian-backed fighters would eventually be recovered. Russia annexed the Crimean Peninsula seven years ago and separatist rebels continue to control large parts of eastern Ukraine. Sport and the Paralympic Games have opened in Tokyo amid increasing cases of coronavirus and like the Olympics, there will be no spectators. But the president of the International Paralympic Committee, Andrew Parsons, says the Games had to be held with representation for para-athletes now more important than ever. The pandemic has disproportionately affected persons with disability around the world. And the Paralympic Games is the only global event that puts persons with disabilities at center stage. So it's the only moment at a global level that they are given the voice. And we believe that this is the moment when they need the voice to be heard the most. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government unveils plans to revoke approval for films that go against national security interests. The chief executive questions the point of having a political party if it won't take part in elections. And the government urges the private sector to follow its lead and require staff to get vaccinated against COVID-19. The weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms tomorrow morning. Temperatures between 27 degrees and 32 degrees. It'll be very hot on Thursday, but there'll be a few showers and sunny intervals after that. Currently, it's 29 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 81%. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Radio rarity from Justin Haywood and John Larger hit in the 70s called Blue Guitar into our second hour this Tuesday evening here in Hong Kong. Maybe a bit earlier in the day for you wherever you're on the planet, but you're always welcome. Thanks for tuning in. If not for you, babe, I couldn't even find the door. I couldn't even see the floor. I'd be sad and blue. Surely have to break It would not be you 